Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host Tony Cañas and today I have with me Goose Calderon or Calderon, I don't know how he pronounces it, uh, co-founder at Firewatch Team. Goose, uh, thank you for joining me today. How's it going? Going very well. How are you, Tony? Fantastic. I, I missed my joke. Normally, normally I, I, I say, uh, this, is, this is your host, Tony Kenyas, switching to my radio voice and see if you laugh, but I, I forgot to say ah. it. So, okay. So, uh, uh, very often we break the ice over, over the weather. So, Carlsbad, California, I'm guessing that is Southern California? It is. We're in uh, San Diego County. Okay. Okay. So, so, and we are recording August 14th, 2023, after the hottest month in recorded history, uh, which I was very lucky because I spent it in Buenos Aires, Argentina, where it's winter. So we've been like 65 degrees for the last month and sunny, and we called that winter uh, while you guys were on fire, basically. So, so now that, that seems to be doing better. So I'm guessing San Diego is like a balmy 90 degrees nowadays. Well, actually, the temperature really depends on your distance from the ocean, right? Because the Pacific Ocean here is kind of, well, it's a heat sink, basically. It's cold okay. water. So we're about a half mile from the coast here in Carlsbad. Our daily highs are 70 to 75 degrees right now. But if I travel inland just a few miles, it quickly goes into the 80s and then 90s. Okay, fantastic. By the way, if my camera does that, okay. it is not that, I, it's not that, that, that I'm going into witness protection program. Uh, it is potentially that I have finally replaced myself with a generative AI and that it is glitching. There's ah, a glitch in the matrix okay. or it's just that I, I have east facing windows and it's 5 p.m. here. So basically like early morning I get beautiful light uh, in the afternoon. I have light coming from the wrong side. So sometimes the camera mm -hmm. doesn't understand what, what's, what it's seeing. Don't let it get to you. Okay, perfect. So, so, so okay, so, so it's beautiful in San Diego basically. Like, it's pretty nice. I can't complain. Perfect, perfect. Uh, I, I, every time I think San Diego, I've been there for a couple of conferences, but, but what always comes to mind is in the movie Twister, which was one of the, of the uh, first movies that I saw with, with like surround sound back in high school. Uh, the movie, the movie Twister starts with, with the San Diego weatherman uh, not paying attention to the weather because it's San Diego. Uh, right. and, and basically while Twisters are starting to hit, right? Uh, anyway. Uh, okay, awesome. So, so we always give the, the, the guest the chance to give the elevator pitch. What is Firewatch? Well, basically, Firewatch is a service that we developed, and it creates detailed aerial maps of the location and the condition of all the vegetation in a community. And then once we have these maps for the community, we then break it down, basically using GIS software, we call it cookie cutter, and we make individual defensible space maps for all the homeowners in the community so they can see and manage the vegetation around their home. This is really important because there are laws in California to help you know, mitigate the wildfire problem that we have um, to, to really limit the amount of vegetation very close in close proximity to homes, 50 feet and 100 feet. So we create these maps with buffer lines on them. We can determine and quantify the amount of vegetation within those areas. And we also, we use special imagery called multi-spectral imagery. And that's been used by NASA for many, many decades and by the military. And it's uh, similar to, you know, it's some invisible wavelengths similar to x-rays. And we're able to determine plant health, right? And this is really important for wildfire hazard because 
you may have areas of dead and dying vegetation which are far more flammable than areas of well-watered trees and with regular color imaging you can't see that so that's what we do uh, for the communities and once we once we deliver this data it really helps empower the communities and the fire departments and now the insurance industry as well to identify monitor communicate these wildfire hazards more efficiently we can also use this data to create fire behavior fuel models so we can simulate the movement of a wildfire throughout a community now at a high resolution so there is data out there from satellites which is lower resolution that can be used to create these fuel models and but it really cannot be used at the community scale and so communication is very important for us so with these high resolution maps we're able to go in and we can even digitally remove the vegetation around the homes for example and then we can run the models and we can see if there's a change in the fire behavior as opposed to if the vegetation were still there so people can understand the actions that they need to take to protect their homes in a wildfire and in a nutshell that's basically what we do um, we really right. focus on the wildfire preparedness side all right all right okay so gigantic deal right we're recording in 2023 uh, you must have had a really good crystal ball, assuming that you opened this, this company more than a couple of years ago. Uh, so I can immediately see the usefulness. For, I, I, I'm a former underwriter. I'm a former commercial underwriter. I did do farms for, for about a year, and, and most, most of, of the farms that I underwrote were protection class 9 or 10. Uh, which to most humans means nothing, but, but to, to us insurance people, and I'm guessing to you, it basically means no fire department anywhere nearby, right? Uh, so, so I was exposed to some of, the, of this, and, and then I, I was a sales manager for American Modern, which is a Munich Re company that uh, at the time, probably not anymore, uh, because I was in California. I was living in Berkeley and had the Northern California Territory, and at the time, we could get closer the closest to the wildfire risk compared to any other insurance company. And that was a huge selling point. I'm guessing that they've probably pulled out of the state by now, or at the very least, they're no longer going as close as, as they used to. Uh, but, but yeah, I've dealt with, with this a, a good amount. And, and it, as we're recording at the end of the hottest month on record, this is just a humongous deal. So I think every underwriter, especially uh, every property underwriter, that's listening to this and every underwriting leader that's listening to this immediately understood how valuable this could be. Okay. So, I, so, so, um, I'm, I'm really curious about, about, a, about a few things. So, so, so number, number one, um, what, how, how can insurance companies better use this information other than to pull out of California completely and Colorado and other wildfire prone states? That's a great question. And from my discussions um, with representatives from, from several different insurance companies, usually smaller ones, startup ones or data provider companies that provide data to insurance companies, um, they need more accurate data to be able to really understand and quantify the wildfire risk. That's missing right now. So what we do is basically called remote sensing. We're acquiring information from a distance. I don't use remote sensing because most people aren't familiar with that term. But satellites, for example, they are flying overhead. You know, they're very high, obviously, in the sky. They get low-resolution imagery. 
And unfortunately, that's what's being used by many people, a lot of fire agencies. And it's available by the government, from the government. Uh, insurance companies, they can use this data, um, which is very low resolution, not really, not always multispectral, not geared for vegetation mapping. And they are you know, generating their models based on that. Um, what we're doing is we're flying at a lower altitude. We're flying an aircraft. So I own an aircraft base here in, in Carlsbad. And uh, I've owned it for many years. I've been a commercial pilot for you know, 28 years. Um, and we've been doing aerial mapping for about four or five years doing this Firewatch program. And so we're able to fly directly over a community. It's really the perfect scale. And we have new, you know, high-resolution digital cameras. Everything's come a long way. And we can map these communities in only an hour now. And using the special equipment, yes, it's co it's complicated to process this imagery. My, my business partner, um, he used to work at NASA. He's got a strong technical background, and he also it's Richard McWright, and he also used to be a hotshot. So he has a background um, in in firefighting, hotshot in a hell attack, and then also doing creating fire behavior fuel models. So we have this background, um, and anyway, this data is really is is we're finding to be very very helpful, so that these companies can look at not just the individual home, because this is the problem. A lot of insurance companies, from what I'm told, they just look at the individual house or the property, but they may not be able to see what is this huge hillside full of dead brush that's just a massive fire hazard right around the corner, right down the block, or, or what's, what's around the corner, what's in the community. So it's so helpful from that perspective so that they can understand better understand the wildfire risk. And so that's, that's how it can really help um, insurance companies, by giving them far more accurate data that they can use. Okay, so, so with more accurate data, we can underwrite better. And not only that, but, but if, if we can communicate well, right, like beyond the bottom line, beyond the bottom line, our job is to protect people, right? And, and yes, there are solid reasons to pull out of a state, especially California and Florida. But if the right data exists and we can use that data to nudge our policyholders to do the to do the right thing to protect themselves, then the, the whole equation changes. Right? Uh, and the data just didn't exist before. Right? Uh, what I am really curious on on implementation and uh, pricing. So, so basically, so insurance company or community or whoever reaches reach out, reach out to you guys uh, brings you on. Uh, what 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 is the pricing like? And how, we have old systems like, like maybe not insurance startups, but but traditional carriers have old systems. How? How can you give us the data in, in a way that we can actually digest? Great question. Um, so the pricing depends on the area, right, that we need to fly with the aircraft uh, and map. So usually it's per square mile, and that's going to vary depending on the location, how far it is from Carlsbad. Most of our clients right now are in San Diego, San Diego County. We have several, about a handful of clients that we do this service for. Originally, we started with one large community, 10 square miles, called the community of Rancho Santa Fe. It's a very old uh, very well-established homeowners association, over 2,200 homes. And um, at a chance meeting with somebody who worked at that uh, association, I told them about what we were interested in doing about four or five years ago. It was actually Richard's idea as a former firefighter. He thought, hey, you know, we should kind of communicate this 
we would be able to see so much more with our imaging. And so they thought it was a great idea. We actually just started as a pilot project and we delivered the imagery to them. And we were all excited and here you go. And they said, okay, this is great. Now we can't open this map. It's so big. It's like <laughs> 50 megabytes or gigabytes. And we said, okay, didn't think that far ahead. So then we've basically been in, in this feedback loop with this community now because we partnered with them for about four years. So you talk about communication. This is what it's all about. You can have all the data in the world. It doesn't matter if you can't put it in a format that can be easily read or digested by anybody. And, and that is commonly the case we have, we have in insurance. We have tons of data that, right. that we can't utilize. Absolutely. So the first thing we started doing was um, hosting it online in, in a web map, basically. And so, wow, okay, now it's now anybody can view the maps easily from their phone or mobile device or whatever, anything, any kind of internet connection. And they can quickly pull up and just click on any property and the individual parcel maps will come up and they see exactly what's going on. And this has been incredibly useful for the community leaders. And then what they decided to do after about a year of working with them, they said, guys, this is great, but we want to send these out to all the individual homeowners. Talk about the communication, right? So this is, as far as we know, the first time this was ever done in the country at this scale. And so they sent out in 2020 um, all of all these individual maps, which showed their property, showed the vegetation, the buffer space, 50 and 100 foot issues. And wow, that got a lot of attention. It got a lot of people's attention and people started thinking, okay, well, first of all, they're thinking, well, now it's being monitored, right? So before it's like, what are you going to do? You have a fence around your house, fire department, whatever can drive by. Traditionally, that's how surveys are done, right? Because there, there are laws for defensible space compliance. Usually it's done by ground surveys. Well, a lot of people fenced home, backyard, you can't see anything. Now here's a bird's eye view of everything that's going on. It's being a record. And then the, the community leader said, well, we should, you know, now we're going to bring in the fire department, the local fire agent, Rancho Santa Fe Fire Protection District, show them the maps. And so now we're getting feedback from them as well. And they're seeing how helpful it is to find areas of a lot of areas of dead and dying vegetation throughout the community that they were previously unaware of. So that if there is a fire, they will be aware of that. You know, the defensible space clearing this area around, people think it's just, well, they, they immediately, a lot of people get defensive, sorry, uh, oh, I love my trees. I don't want to do anything. But what they don't realize, not only will it slow the movement of wildfire, possibly save their home, but what it does, what it does more importantly, we've incredible. learned, is that it gives the fire person, fire department, fire agencies area to work around their home and defend it. If they don't have, it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a war, right, against this fire. And if they don't have room to set up their trucks and to stage, they, we are told, and you can hear them talking about it, they're just going to let it burn. There's nothing they can do. They're not going to go into an incredibly unsafe, you know, I've seen homes obviously overgrown with vegetation, trees are dying. You're not going to send a fire department in there when, when the neighbors maybe nearby have cleared space around them to make it safer. So that's been what we've been working on that communication. And then recently with the insurance crisis, it honestly has, has helped with the communication because now people are getting hit in the pocketbook. You know, we're talking, I get our clients, I get calls, their, their insurance premiums, if they're able to get them or get them from the state, um, they're up 300% um, to 500%. And they're doing everything that they can to protect their homes, harden their homes, right? Make them a little bit safer from wildfires, cover their vents, that kind of stuff, better roofing materials, um, clear the lawns clear their gutters, 
Um, but a lot of companies still are not really taking that into effect or they're leaving the state. So we're hoping that by, by us being able to provide this imagery now, and here is a record. You, instead of just saying, oh, yeah, this house is cleared out, here's an actual map. This shows this is a verifiable <laughs> data. It's geo-referenced. I mean, here's the date on it. This is exactly what the state of their vegetation is at this point in time. Look what they've done. Look at the neighborhood. Oh, okay. Maybe this is a little bit different. Maybe, maybe this is insurable. We didn't realize that because we couldn't see it clearly. But now you can see it. My business partner, Richard, likes to say all the time, in order to solve a problem, one must be able to see it and comprehend it. And that really is true. If you can't see the problem from above, how can you how can you address this problem? Absolutely, I I, I love the the oh, but I love my tree. Uh, I, I think the proper answer is, do you love your house more? Right. Uh, well, yes, that is so true. And there are interestingly disagreements between homeowners. Uh, there are some who are going to let do whatever they want on their property. It's my property. I'll do what I want. I call it, it's actually a, a spectrum of homeowners. And I say they're actually, the spectrum of homeowners goes from compliant to defiant. Because on the one side, you have people, oh my gosh, this is a real hazard. We're going to clean it up. We don't want this to have this. We don't want to lose our home. We want better insurance rates. And then other people say, I love this tree. It's my property. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Although the fire department will actually <laughs> come in there at a certain point. The other thing I want to mention is that, that here along the wildland urban interface, right, the WUI, and I don't know if your listeners are familiar with that term, but the WUI is basically, it's the area where human development is mixed with native or natural vegetation because as we build out from the cities and we go into the mountainous areas near us there's still a lot of natural vegetation around they just build homes here and there well fire's been around a very long time wildfire right so people need to take that into account um that this is just a natural phenomenon um so we really need to kind of focus on that area that's what we need to do normally i i ask how did you realize this was a problem? Well, in this case, like, I think the problem was kind of obvious. How did you realize that you guys were the right people to solve it? Well, that, that's a great question. So it was, um, I guess, about five years ago when I had just uh, met Richard, uh, my business partner, and we were trying to do some aerial mapping for environmental um, mapping, basically. to the, We actually had a government contract with the Navy to study climate change on, on an offshore island here, San Clemente Island. We mapped that island for them in a project with San Diego State University. We were mapping uh, natural areas for um, some preserve managers here and to monitor the vegetation. And then we were flying around, and Richard said to me, he lived in a small town in eastern San Diego County, and he said, you know, and they, which was devastated by a wildfire back in 2007 called the Witch Creek Wildfire. He said, Gus, you know, a lot of homes have been built you know, since 2007, since that fire. And he, he mapped it back then, before then. He's been doing this for decades. He said, but I think a lot of the vegetation has grown back already. I think the fire hazard's the same. I said, that's not, nobody would allow that to happen. That's crazy. <laughs> and he said, would you, do you think we could take your plane and map it? And maybe we can do a case study. And I, my background is in earth science, but I have a master's degree and a bachelor's degree in earth science and geology. So I like mapping and imagery. I said, let's do it. So we mapped it, and then we compared, that was in 2018, then we compared that imagery to the imagery that he took uh, right before the wildfire in 2005, and I couldn't believe it. But it was e exactly the same. So the fire came in, 
burn all the vegetation, people rebuilt, not all the homes, some people probably didn't have insurance or decided not to rebuild, and then they let the vegetation grow back. So, we, so basically what we identified, and we call this a cycle of community wildfire destruction. Because I'm looking at this, just not as a firefighter, which I'm not, as just a common sense problem or an issue. Like, how, I don't even understand. Like, how, why are people letting this condition happen again? So I said, Richard, we need to tell people. And his first thought was, let's contact some insurance companies and tell them. This was in 20, late 2018, early 2019. I said, I don't know anybody. I, mean, I know my local agent. I don't know anybody in the industry. And so we sent some emails. And of course, you know, nobody, we try to explain it in words what we're doing. And you, unless you can actually see it, that was a waste of time. So I said, all right, Richard, that's not working. I, th I have a background in real estate too. I said, I think we should reach out to some community leaders and let them know. And that worked. Yeah, we, we got the attention of Rancho Santa Fe and some other community leaders. So that's how this whole thing was born. And again, it was initially like, here's a map. And then, oh, can you break this up into maps for all the homeowners and do this? And now, to get back to your earlier question, we're using machine learning and AI to pull out data that's very, very helpful, right? Now we can quantify how much dead and dying vegetation is close to your home. How much is in the 50-foot buffer or the 100? Is it 20%? Is it 30? Is that increasing? Because we do this annually, right? So we, we do change detection. We look at the change over time. We have four years of data for this community, high-resolution data. We can see the changes over time. Is the situation getting worse? In California, we have a huge problem with invasive species, different types of bugs in particular that destroy trees. You can really determine a lot by monitoring the vegetation. You can see an infestation really start to develop, and then you can get it and be proactive and mitigate the problem. If you just wait, and if you're just on the ground, you will oftentimes never even see this. So now you have, in, in a high wildfire prone area, you have a lot of dead trees which are affected by palm weevils, by uh, another beetle called G-sob that affects oak, oak trees killed like I don't even know, hundreds of thousands of oak trees out here, and then there's just flammable <laughs> material all over the place. It, this really needs to be viewed from, from above to, to help manage the problem. And then you can see, okay, here are the worst areas. Let's focus our mitigation on that. On the, this is what the community leaders are doing. Hey, we got a problem over here because they own land too. There's private land, homeowners, and then there's community property. Oh, we've got a big problem over here. Let's address it. We can see it from our map. Clearly, this is a problem. So ranking for mitigation. So these are all things we're doing. And one quick announcement. We recently uh, formed a formal collaboration um, with um, Allen AI, Paul Allen's uh, Institute for Artificial Intelligence. And they, Paul Allen, uh, the late co-founder of Microsoft, um, he has this um, incredible entity that he created um, that's the sole purpose is to see how AI can help humanity. And I was on a networking meeting, the same one where I met Nick Lamparelli, um, you know, about nine months ago. And I met somebody from Allen AI, and he heard about the data that we have. And he goes, guys, can we help? You know, we're kind of curious about your high-resolution data. Would that help your communities? We said, yes, of course it was, because it is time-intensive to get the information out of the maps. It's far better if AI can do it. We're, so we're in the process now of teaching computers how to get the information that we need so it can help homeowners do what they need to do. That's fantastic. Absol absolutely fantastic. I, I think I'm still recovering from like minute two of the conversation 
when when you talked about about the multi multi spectrum, and and how it can recognize uh, dead vegetation or dying vegetation versus uh, you know basically vegetation that 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 is at much higher risk of of, of fire than otherwise. I had no idea that was a thing. Uh, and, and if I had to guess, uh, a lot of property underwriting leaders have no idea that's a thing or that it's a thing that, that is available. So I'm so glad that we're getting the, 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 the word out uh, that, that this is something that, 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 that you can do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I would be glad to show anybody if they're interested, if they want to follow up or they can go to our, our website. They can see we have um, samples of all of our imagery on our website um, where people can see the different types. But yes, with this, it's called color infrared imagery. You can see, basically, infrared. This, this, it's a near infrared wavelength. It really um, identifies chlorophyll, which is a chemical in leaves when when plants are very, very healthy. When they're producing a lot of chlorophyll, bright green plant that's very watered is going to reflect a lot of this wavelength, and we pick that up as red. So in this image, Brilliant. in this map, the scene is mostly red. It goes from red to brown. So dead and dying trees are brown or gray, and then you see these bright red ones that are healthy. And then we can quantify that because these are numerical. This is gridded data, so that's all quantifiable. Fantastic. This <laughs> 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 is one of those that, that uh, number one, you've done a fantastic job of explaining how this works. I love the passion for what you're doing. It, it, it's, it's visible. It, it, it's It's... I can feel the passion, and number two, it's one, it's one of those episodes that that we have passed the limit of, of my understanding of of uh, of, of how uh, of what to ask. Uh, overall, I think you've done a fantastic job of describing it and and and, and put it in terms that that the other insurance nerds who are the decision makers at insurance companies in this type of decisions. Uh, can understand. Uh, so, so uh, Gus, uh, Gus, thank you so much for, for your time today. Uh, I, I definitely, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at this point, you, you don't have like solid, solid partnerships with carriers yet where we can talk about like the results that they're seeing. But I'd love to, to, to have you back, uh, you know, in a year or two. Uh, where hopefully you can talk about the amazing results that 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 the, that the carriers are, are seeing by partnering with you and your data. That sounds great. Thank you very much, Tony. I'd like that very much. Fantastic. When this goes live, I will tag both you and the company on LinkedIn, and I will include uh, both your LinkedIn and the company website on the show notes. So for the listeners, look at the doobly do. Click on the show notes. Reach out to Gus. You you've got to check this out. I mean, if you are writing or renewing property in wildfire pro anywhere in the west of the u.s you should be uh having this conversation and uh you know if if this can keep you out of the news for pulling out of california that is good for everybody involved uh good thank you so much for your time today thank you tony take care